You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Let's talk about. So welcome to Sports Therapy Association podcast. It's 8 o'clock and we are here as always. Um, you can join us live on the Sports Therapy Association Facebook page. Um, or if you prefer, you can join us live on the Sports Therapy Association YouTube stream, whichever you prefer. And also, if you're into LinkedIn, then as of next week, we'll be on LinkedIn. I'm pretty sure we're going out live to a couple of other Facebook groups and pages as well tonight. So plenty of chance to join us live. But of course, if you prefer, then um, you can join 90% of the people who prefer to watch it in their own time on Catch Up as a podcast. Um, in which case, if you do, then do me the great favour, if you would of leaving a review, particularly on Apple Podcasts. It's so important, Apple Podcasts, and just getting our news out. Um, so before we start, I've got to say, give a huge thank you to last week's guests. Um, a record number of guests in one episode is actually nine, plus a lot of people um, leaving comments and contributing from uh, inside the Facebook page. It was an episode um, devoted to safety at work, and we were focusing in this particular episode last week to female sports therapists and massage therapists at work and um, problems and experiences which they have faced during, after, um, with some things going on for years. Um, it, was, it was a massive episode. I can't do it justice by talking about it now. Um, but I do thank um, the nine or ten therapists who chose to come up live and share a lot of very personal details. And it was a great discussion. I tried to keep it as much as possible. Um, and I think that was probably made it the best episode ever with not me rattling on. If you haven't seen it yet, then do have a listen. Um, we are going to follow it up because obviously safety at work is um, there's issues for everybody regardless of gender. And I tried to make that clear from the beginning. I don't think anybody's um, felt um, kind of marginalised by focusing on female therapists. But we will be doing a follow up um, episode after Therapy Expo, um, which will uh, be talking about safety and um, regardless of gender. So we'll have a chance for talking about um, anybody who's been affected uh, and looking at solutions and uh, prevention. Um, so, yeah, thank you again to the people from last week. Right then, that's said and done. Also, just a little plug um, for the STA coffee chats. Um, a lot of people have sent emails saying that was really interesting, that episode. I want to talk more. How do I mix with members and non-members? And we've already got that in place. Um, it's been happening since July. They're called um, Sports Therapy Association or STA um, coffee chats. Um, and this month, for example, in November, they are happening every Thursday at 745 uh, PM, apart from obviously on the therapy expo day, there won't be um, a coffee chat there, and indeed, there won't be a live podcast on the Wednesday the night before, and um, because we're all gearing up for therapy expo, which is a nice segue to what we are talking about tonight. Um, let me just close down a couple of messages here. I've got messages that we might have lost a Facebook feed for some reason. Um, I'll check if that's the case. We'll see how it goes. Catherine's just joined us on Facebook. Are we okay in Facebook, Catherine? I think so. Anyway, right, I'll continue until someone tells me otherwise. Um, so tonight, yeah, we have got the pleasure of being joined uh, by Mr. Liam Richardson, recently appointed, well, back in January, Head of Content for Healthcare for Closer Still Media. Um, if you were confused by um, who Closer Still Media is, well, they're award-winning um, um, organisers of events, uh, not just in healthcare, but uh, they've got about 80 or so running nationally, internationally, and we can talk a little bit about that with Liam. It's not just Therapy Expo, they are the people behind the London Vet Show, the Pharmacy Show, Learning Technologies, the Dentistry Show, um, and an awful lot more. So that is who Closer Still Media is. But we're interested tonight in uh, Therapy Expo, which, as hopefully a lot of you know, is happening on Wednesday 24th and Thursday 25th at the NEC in Birmingham. So we're going to have a chat tonight about that. Obviously, it's the first one since um, COVID-19 meant that 2020 couldn't happen. So we're talking about what precautions are in place. We've had a lot of emails about that. Is it safe to go? What precautions are there? So we'll be tapping into Liam's knowledge um, and experience about what is happening there. Um, as always, if you want to ask a question, then uh, feel free. Um, when you do leave something on Facebook, then I can bring you up onto the main stream and your wonderful logo would appear with your question. And the same thing is uh, from YouTube as well. If you're watching on YouTube, you can comment and ask the guests questions as well. I'm still worried that maybe we're not getting through to Facebook, but we'll see what happens. Right, so without further ado, I'm gonna bring up not just Liam, but also Gary Benson, founder of the STA, and we'll get into tonight's show. 
Hey, Liam. Hello, hey, good evening. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, thanks for, for in your busy, I hear you've been so busy last week. It was just work, 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 wasn't it? Well, uh, I had a week off in the Lake District, which was quite nice. Uh, just the calm before the storm. We've got a couple of weeks to go. Uh, we had an event today as well, actually. So it's been, yeah, it has been quite full on. Yeah, so I hope you had a good time. I'm sure you deserve that. So, um, great. Yeah, thanks for giving us the time. It's perfect. We really are going to the source of the content. We couldn't be talking to anybody more in charge of the content because that's what you do, the Therapy Expo. Um, so yeah, looking forward to asking you questions about it tonight. Gary, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm very well, thank you. I can confirm it is live on Facebook. I'm watching on another screen. I can see it on Facebook, but on our Be Live, I can't see Liam. So all I've got is a, no. a blank wall. You're one of the lucky ones then, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, okay. We'll see. I mean, comments are coming in slowly. Sharon, Louise, Becky, welcome. I can see things coming up, so we'll just keep going with it. Anyway, so uh, Liam, 2021 Therapy Expo. I want to hear about the... Uh, I'm imagining kind of a lot of sweaty palms around tables discussing, can we do it? Are we going to be able to do it? Watching the news coming in. Has it been a rough ride to actually put this in place? I think it, I think for anyone working in the events industry, it's been um, a difficult couple of years. And I actually start, so I started, as you said, at Closer Still in, um, in January. So at that point in time, things were really, really dicey. And, you know, I didn't know what I was um, coming into in some respects. But um, I think what, you know, all we've been able to do is work with all the information that government have provided, which, let's face it, at times hasn't been um, anywhere near as helpful as it could be. Um, but I think over the last, probably since maybe the, you know, getting into the spring, summer, it's looked more likely. So I think the hard thing for me was you know, back in January, February, starting to prepare things and act as if it was going to happen, despite the fact it might not. But I think once it got to May, June time, it, it looked more more likely. We've worked really closely with our venues, so the NEC in this case, and you know we make it as safe as we possibly can do. Um, so I think you know probably at, at no stage were we thinking that it wouldn't happen uh, once we got to sort of the spring June time. But um, yeah, it's been it's definitely been a tough it's been a tough year. I think there's other as you said there's other events that we do you know back in September. Um, that were a lot dicey because they were the first ones we've done. And the good thing, once we do Therapy Expo, we'll have had probably about a dozen events that we'll have run uh, since the beginning of September. And the NEC has been back in action since, I think, uh, August and has been having events every week. Um, and I was at the London Excel today for an event for hospital doctors that was about 2,500 of them. And, um, you know, there's all good precautions in, in place. So I know that some people um you know might be worried about safety still at going to large venues and that but you know i'm sure we can go into some of the things we've got in place if you like yeah i mean shoot away with that i think as well we get a, quite a few emails from people i think that i get the impression within the sta anyway there's still a fair percentage of umming and ahhing thinking Oof. i don't know maybe because we're involved with you know working with patients and clients and, and we're still really wearing protective equipment and clothing so what sort of precautions have you got in place so for anybody attending the NEC, you do need to download the um, the COVID app um, from the NHS. You can also get a paper certificate, I think, from your GP as well. And basically, once you go to the NEC, you need to have uploaded, uh, you either need to be double vaccinated or to have uploaded um, a lateral flow that needs to have been uh, registered. And they do check it on the door. So I had, you know, from the events that we've had, one of my colleagues had had their second jab. And I think you've got to leave it the full 14 days. And it was 12 days and they were turned away and were quite, uh, you know, disappointed. But from our perspective, it means that it's working and they were actually checking and taking it seriously. So, you know, there's that from a safety perspective. We do. Um, we are mask friendly. We do encourage mask wearing. Um, we're working with the NEC. And obviously that means that they set the policy so they don't mandate it. But we encourage it. And as I said, we were at an event today for hospital doctors. And I would say that. It, when people were in theatres, in the closed theatres, I'd say that 90 to 95% of people were wearing masks as well. Maybe not so much once they were in the exhibition area, but certainly when they were in lecture theatres, they were. And people seem really, you know, have seemed really happy with that. There's a question here coming in from Daniel. Nice timing, Daniel. Daniel's asked, I'll just bring it up if you're watching the podcast. Hey, Daniel, how are you doing? Um, Daniel asks, will the Scottish vaccination app slash pass be accepted? 
it will be yet. So that has been instructed to people at the NEC and all our venues. And even when we've had people from overseas as well, uh, we've had people from France come to some of our events and we've been able to make sure that their passes are recognised as well. Gary, you're pretty big, aren't you? You've you've helped um, a nation of therapists for about, I don't know, 18 months now with regards to keeping safe. What Are you looking for anything particular or do you advise anything for members who are travelling up or...? Well, I, I just echo what, what Liam was saying. You know, we, we will encourage members to wear masks when they're in the enclosed space. I mean, for those people who haven't been to, uh, to the NEC before, the halls are enormous and the ventilation is, is, is quite good. Usually mm. the halls are quite cold, um, but we will be um, we'll be having hand sanitizer on our stand. Um, I won't be shaking hands with people like I normally do. You know, we'll have a fist pump or whatever, but I'll be sanitizing regularly. Uh, I'll be wearing a mask, the staff all working on the stand will be wearing masks as well. Uh, we're just doing our bit to keep everybody safe. Yeah, I echo that. I think it's a good, especially if we're talking about healthcare, preventativism. But we won't judge people, obviously, who aren't, who are running around unless they're kind of sneezing in our faces. Or <laughs> um, Yeah, it's going to be interesting for so many reasons, um, the expo. Um, let's go back a little bit to people. I always, everyone in the room probably, and thank you for everyone joining us live, is probably knows about Therapy Expo, but I always think about a thousand or so or two thousand who downloaded it who might not have been before. Um, I appreciate you started in January, January. Still media, but yeah. it's been, we're on, what number are we on now? It starts in 2013, isn't it? That's right, yeah. I was, well, I was just saying that probably all the people, um, listening and you guys know more about therapy expo than i do because you've all actually been to it it'll be the first one i've been to this um uh th this november so i'm excited for that for that reason so uh so yeah but yeah it's been running since 2013 um and obviously first one in two years so we've made a big push behind the scenes to make it hopefully as memorable uh as possible I went back and looked at, because um, it's quite nice if you type in Therapy Expo 213 or 214, then the adverts still come up and the speakers and everything. And it's and it's fun to see. And it is quite incredible looking at the change in numbers. <clears throat> like Gary said in the beginning, it was in Manchester Central and then it moved up to the NEC in 2015. Mm. Um, and yeah, and the numbers was huge. What do you think? Because at the time in 2013, I appreciate you weren't involved in the first Ooh. one, but it was kind of billed as the first of its kind, wasn't it? For like a allowing therapists to all come together yeah. with all different disciplines is that still kind of the ethos of kind of breaking down disciplines I, and barriers yeah i think that's a good question so i think when i've um spoken to people so what you know when i started in january i'm not you know uh, you know i'll hold my hands up i'm not a therapist by background at all i've been working in events in terms of content for about 11 12 years but um you know my first port of call was to talk to people who've been involved with the event uh, you know, over many, many years and get a sense from them about what they thought was valuable, where they thought we could improve their recommendations. So people like Gary, for example, uh, people like Dan Lawrence from uh, from Rocktape as well, who's been involved a lot in the past, have all given me really good pointers and, and, and steers. But yeah, I think the overarching ethos from 2013 is the same now, that it really does, you know, bring together that whole uh, therapy community. I think that's what makes it unique. And that from the feedback that I've looked at over all the years, that's why people seem to value it and want to, to, to keep coming back. It's interesting when I look back, I'm going to put a little photo up here now. I'm not sure if people see it. So I might put it, if I put something on fully and then we can still hear and everything. But this oh, is right. the speaker list um, from 2.15 when I was a speaker there. So I had the happiness of meeting a lot of people. But for those who are just getting into kind of social media and kind of coming across some of the louder people on social media it all happened in 2015 gary was there as well but in that list of therapists i've just put on the screen that's not all of them that year in 2015 you had um adam meekins you had uh, mike stewart you had seth o'neill you had um ian griffiths um you had um, a whole host of people who at that time were kind of just they'd had a couple of years playing around with twitter it really was quite a revolutionary year and the information that was getting put out there, so Ian Griffiths was talking about his overpronation. Adam Meekins was um, going into very much what he talks about. And I think he had his, probably his presentation was called You Can't Go Wrong Going Strong. I'm pretty sure that's what it was six years ago. But um, And there was a whole host of names there. So anybody who's not quite sure about Therapy Expo, a lot of the people you're probably following today um, and either into or not into were there in 2015. It was a very big year. And then in 2016, you really focused on some of the excellent speakers you had there. Um, I mean, even here, there was one show you do not want to miss where there's a good looking guy who didn't have kids at that time. So he looks a lot healthier. <laughs> um, but yeah, have a look back if you like to the people in 215. It really 
I'd forgotten exactly how many people were actually there who, who went on to fuel this kind of breaking down of barriers and getting disciplines talking to each other. The whole Physio Matters team were there, Jack Chu mm. and all his lot um, testing out their new T-shirts. You were there, weren't you, Gary? It was quite a, a big buzz, wasn't it, that year? It was a lot of people. Yeah, it was it was really good. And we had our conference, if anybody remembers, in a room outside of the main theatre, um, mm. off to the side, you know, past all of the food vendors. Um, but yeah, you know, all those people you mentioned, you know, we've, we've had people like Andy Caldwell, Dan Lawrence, uh, John Gibbons, um, Mike Stewart, you know, all speak at the at our conference, Rachel France, Mike Grice. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's been great. And, you know, if you go back to the Manchester uh, two years it, it was quite a small event in comparison and then um, when it went moved to close still and it went uh, to the NEC and it joined forces with the occupational therapy show um, and uh, yeah you were getting a lot more people you know the thing I'm interested in this year uh, and I spoke to Liam about this um, you know early doors this year when we were initially talking about going is you know how many people are going to turn up you know how many people have mm. been um missing the, that human contact for too long you know and my fear was that you know with you mentioned Jack Chew and Physio Matters podcast and they've been doing some great stuff with the therapy live series you know people have got used to doing CPD from their front room um, but they haven't been mm. able to go and buy a you know a massage gun and a foam roller so hopefully people will will turn up in 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 high numbers that's for you Liam what do you think what well, numbers looking yeah, like at the moment? Do you think the whole year of online stuff with some very massive, like Jack and his boys had about kind of 15,000 people logging on, do you think that's yeah. going to affect and change the dynamic of actually people paying money to go to a place? Or do you think people are, are ready and happy to go somewhere and meet up? It's a really, it's a really good question. And my view on it is that um, I think what's happened in the last 18 months is I think there are people, um, in a way, COVID has been good for people that don't like really going to to live events because I think for a long time they've been not catered for and there are a lot of people that maybe are a bit more introvert maybe they're you know they just don't have the time they've got other commitments and they've never really had the options of doing um you know stuff that was online and you know they didn't really want to be going to events so I think there's a whole host of people who now have you know events that are for them which is which is great I think for other people um, I think there's going to be a bit of a balance, isn't there? So I think, you know, say you used to go to maybe 10 events previously that were live, it might now only be three or four and the rest would be virtual. Um, I think it's going to be a mix. I think it depends on the event and it depends how, how valuable it is. I think what I've, you know, being in my sort of world, obviously the last you know year has been great doing things on Zoom and Teams, but I've been doing, you know, hosting things that are, um in this platform and sometimes it's quite hard when you're a speaker or a chair of something to see how well it's going or you know it, it, are people engaging with it in the same way and i've also been on training courses for a week at a time you know nine till five and it's really um you know it's really tricky concentrating online for that long when you've got all the other distractions whereas when you're at an event you can you know you might go in the you know different mindset so i think I think overall, um, now that we've come to the other side of this and we're in, you know, we've experienced Zoom and Teams and everything else, I think a lot of people are ready for some face-to-face -face learning and interaction. You know, I was just, at, like I said, I was at an event today called um, AGM, which was for, you know, people, uh, hospital doctors, and pretty much every speaker was saying, oh, isn't it great to be talking to a human beings again? I think someone said, oh, it's great to have people in three dimensions again. Um and and there was a real buzz, and um, and I've been reassured over the last couple of months that you know that we're not going to suddenly stop doing this, and you know live events aren't going to happen. I think people are crying out for them. I just think that people have more choice now than they had before, and choice can only be a good thing. I like it, Gary. Are you excited getting some face to face action in? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, historically, we use it as a. Um you know, a chance to engage with our membership, but also to engage with potential new members. Um, we, if I'm honest, we haven't had competition there uh, previously because, uh, you know, Ollie from Basrat, he, he's there and we speak most years. Um, but, you know, some of the other associations haven't been to these events. So it'll be interesting and, and people can compare us, uh, you know, to, to what the others are doing and saying. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm looking forward, you know, we, we, we gained a lot of members during COVID and, you know, our membership's growing daily. 
Um, so it's always good to put a face to a name. And and I, I agree, you know, whilst we, we can Zoom chat and, and Teams and whatever, to see people in 3D is, is, is really what I'm looking forward to, although it will be at a distance. Yeah, <laughs> elbows only. And we're going to need name tags. I'm worried because I'm not very good at recognising people. Maybe some a bit taller, but everyone's going to be wearing. Does everyone have a lanyard with the name I'll on get it? A anyway? lanyard, yeah, with a badge. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So, because I, I, again, I, I'm the older I get, the more absent I get, and and so if I walk past you and don't say anything to you, then it's not because I'm ignoring you or snubbing it. Just really because unless I see you in a little square like on social media photo, I'm going to be a lot of that, isn't it? Walking past each other, so. Do, I think it, it, yeah. it would be a lot better if we were if we could wear the uh, the name badges on our heads like that. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. you're looking down at somebody's waist where they think, oh, oh, oh hi, you know. So that that's a bit uh, some awkward moments. But yeah, it, it 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 is good. It's good to meet people. There's, there's lots of people that have mentioned that they've. Um... You know, there's certain people they've been speaking to over the whole of COVID, and yeah, they'd never ever met before. And at a few different events we've had, people are saying it'll be the you know the very first time they've been able to see certain people, which is you know which is pretty good as well. I think it could get quite emotional. I remember the first, not going too off tracks, it's kind of the first one chat live conference I did. I brought speakers from around the world together who likes um, Simon Bartold, who's a fantastic podiatrist who's been doing it since the 80s in Australia. For the first time, he was meeting someone like J.F. Ascoli, who's in Canada, um, who's an incredible therapist, works with the running clinic. And they met up in Brighton, of all places. And they've talked and conversed and even in some cases done papers together, but never actually shook each other's hand in like 10, 13 years. So it was just amazing. And I'm hoping that a therapy expert, I'm hoping it becomes quite a, there might even be a tear or two being shed because it's going to be people of really forged some tight bonds in some cases some really tight bonds with the pressure of covid there's been people mm. thinking they're going to lose their jobs there's been uh, plenty of different um, circumstantial changes including um, marriages partners there's been deaths it's been very emotional so mm. i think um it's going to be quite emotional there and it's kind of nice that it's happening in therapy expo because it's a nice big big hall where people can go off and disappear for a while if they're getting overwhelmed yeah gary have you got any more questions? We've got something. I've got more, but I'm conscious that I'm just asking. Um, yeah, just for those people who are who are listening in, then uh, Liam, who haven't Ooh. already booked a ticket, and and STA members, we can exclude because you know we we've got our own um, purchasing arrangements with you. But yeah. let's just say that my local college got in touch and said, you know, I want to bring ten students. You know, do they get a preferential rate? Um, you know what what are the costs involved for those people who might be listening to the podcast you know over the next week to to attend the event that's a very good question so if you go to the website and there is a number to call and there are people working right throughout the next couple of weeks that will be able to deal with larger larger bookings all the rates are are on the site um, currently if people were booking single tickets online for example but if you if you're looking at say larger group booking definitely give the team a call and they'll be able to work something out when you're looking at that sort of volume i'm not i'm i don't know whether you do, you probably haven't got the answer to this because obviously you haven't got the stats everywhere but um yeah. i'd be curious to see whether the percentage when people sign up i think mm. do, well i'm going back to, up to 2015 but i think one of the things on the sign up form was what your profession is which discipline you come from so yeah. i'm wondering whether as we have now seen kind of professions coming together a little bit more and at, one of the mm. big things we kind of try and champion is by getting a little bit more evidence-based with massage we suddenly were on the same page as soon as you start mentioning biopsychosocial you can actually then have a conversation with a, a, a physio who's biopsychosocial kind of informed as well or an osteo all the disciplines are kind of coming mm. together so i'm interested to find out um whether the percentages have changed because previously it would have been predominantly soft tissue massage therapists and like you know about buying massage guns and now things are going to change a bit. I think it's going to be interesting this year. It's going to be a different kind of person walking around, talking and looking. Um, you don't know, do you, the percentages of different... I, You know what? I don't off the off the top of my yeah. head. I think we can. I could probably dig out some of the stats to see, but I, I'd have to do a bit of uh, number crunching and things like that. But, yeah, I think... From from the conversations we've had internally, it's a pretty it's a pretty good mix still mm. uh, from from previously, and we are um, on course at the moment to be bigger than than 2019 in terms of volume of attendees as well. Um, so there's you know that indicates that you know the appetite is there um, for people to attend. 
how do you okay so you had a content you had a content mm. how do you select content what do you base your choice on that's a, that's a really good question so when i first so i started working in events about 12 years ago i wanted to originally be a journalist and then realized that there probably wasn't much money to be made in being a journalist to be honest and ended up getting involved in in events and i started off working in um oil and gas events of all things so this is about 12 years ago and from there um got out of that and then started working with the nhs on lots of different events so it was a brand new um you know a brand new uh, you know world for me and um the trick with the content really is just to talk to as many people as possible, do as much research as possible and try and ask the right questions and find out what it is people are interested in and get to the bottom of, you know, their main challenges, their main issues, you know, who they want to hear from, why they want to hear from them and then just put it together from there. So I think sometimes it's, sometimes it's quite good to come into something fresh like I have this year. Cause I think with sometimes with some of the more NHS oriented events I work on, um, for like GPs and things. I've been doing it for a long time. So sometimes I go in my own preconceptions, as it were, of, oh, this is what they want. But actually, you need to really keep going back to the research, keep talking to people every year, never thinking that you know best. Luckily for this one, I you know, I genuinely don't know best. I'm learning it all for the first time uh, new. But just talking to as many of the right people as possible and hopefully getting the right programme together. Um, and that's what it comes down to. So it's it's just good old fashioned research and asking questions, really. Um, and I think the great thing about working on um, Therapy Expo, I know it sounds probably a bit cheesy, but people um, I've been sort of blown away with just how how friendly people are. You know, I might drop them an email and say, oh, I wouldn't mind having a chat with you. You know, Gary was the same. You know, I wouldn't mind having a chat with you. And people get back to me, you know, the same day. And then I'm on the phone with them for maybe an hour at a time. And they're just giving me loads of pointers and tips. So there's so many people that have been, you know, so helpful and given up so much of their time to just sort of educate someone who hasn't a clue, really, to, so that they know a bit more than they did in January, which is, you know, which I really appreciate. So, um, so yeah, there's a good, there's a really good group of people, uh, you know, some wise heads that have been around a while that are hopefully guiding us in the right direction. There's, uh, there's um, a yeah, okay. couple of couple of things coming up in the chat, Matt, which yes. we can discuss. But one question that that's come in to me several times this week um people who booked their ticket in 2019 for 2020 mm. um and i know i've spoken to you about this before liam and about, yep. we've spoken to helen you know people are still worried that their ticket from last year will not be valid um you know what have you done as a team you know to communicate with these people uh, you know have they all had the emails now should they be looking in the junk folders if they haven't had it what can they do yeah, everyone should have had uh, emails sent to them. Double check which email that you might have registered with, because I know sometimes people might have a couple of different ones. Definitely do things like checking your junk folders just in case. Um, and if you do have any issues whatsoever, do go to the website and ring up. Uh, you know, there's a number on the website. Just ring up the team, and they'll you know they'll be able to look at our records uh, and double check. But I think you know. I think as with most you know businesses in all worlds, it was a little bit rocky, I think, to be fair at the beginning in terms of you know moving things around and working out um you know because obviously we've had two years of disruption, but I think we've now hopefully got to the bottom of it, and you know if people have had to do a bit of chasing, I can only apologize, but we are um hopefully sorted now, but anybody that isn't do. Uh, yeah, do call the number on the website, and if you have any problems, I'll you know happy to share my details afterwards and on Twitter, Twitter and everything else. So um, you know I can look into it for them as well. Thank yeah, you. ask your question, Louise, isn't it? Louise Aker says I booked my ticket a while ago. Will we be emailed the timetable in advance? So yeah, if you haven't heard anything, Louise. Yeah, you should be uh, getting. We should be bothering with you with more emails than you uh, than you care to like, to be honest. So do definitely check junk just in case all your other email addresses but uh if you've got any issues uh louise let you know we can catch up and hopefully i'll be able to uh get to the bottom of it if need be there's a question from becky here as well going back to entrance will we need oh, well, yeah. photo id to confirm that the qr code is actually ours um i don't think you will need photo id i think as long as you've got um you have the app open and then they scan it i don't think they check photo ID. Obviously, if you've got it with you, it's helpful. But I think all they do is scan, is scan the QR code on the app that you that you have. Um, 
So yeah. Fantastic. So um, just a question on that then, Liam. Obviously, <laughs> I'm going to be there on the Tuesday to build up the stand. Uh, yeah. We usually go in through the um, through the trade entrance, if you like. Will there yeah. be um, security there? Will they be scanning us when we go in? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, so people, so all people that are exhibiting um, contractors, stand builders, all people like that, they'll be vetted in the same way. So there'll be the same procedures in place, just obviously on a slightly smaller scale than the following days. Yeah. Fantastic. People who are in the comments section, obviously keep those questions coming in. Um, in the meantime, I'll have a look at my little crib, the particular things I wanted to ask I you. I wonder, you know, people who are watching and, and listening, I wonder what, what they're going for. You know, put in the comments, Ooh. what are you looking forward to seeing? Who are you looking forward to seeing? Who are you looking forward to listening to? Um, and, and, you know, given the... You know, given the fact that this this web chat podcast started as a result of COVID, so that we could keep in touch with our members, you know, give us some feedback. Come come and visit us at our stand, uh, which is adjacent to the Therapy Update Theatre, uh, and and you know, give us some ideas about content that you want. Because Matt and I, and 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 the rest of us, we had a team meeting last night, and we're looking at forward plans for 2022. So, how can we engage more with you? What what do you want us to do? What do you want us to focus on? And I will be interested, you know, given the, the changing narrative of our industry, it will be interesting to have a look at the calibre of product suppliers that are there. Um, you know, you, at, at any event, you do get, a, you know, snake oil salesman, you know, but it will be interesting to look at what the new fads are for, for next year uh, and whether there's any evidence to support them. I was having with it, there was a little chat, I can't remember if it was on one of the podcast sessions, but... I'm not saying you need to get extra security in this year, Liam, but I think what is going to happen, mm. it'll be interesting for kind of the people Gary's mentioned, because I think the average therapist, maybe this is wishful thinking, but I think the therapist who's going to turn up and walk through the doors this year, mm. probably thanks to COVID, there's been a, a rather large educational part of COVID because people have been talking with each other more, which generally leads to education. It's a really good thought. Mm. And I think as more therapists are becoming a little bit more evidence-based, some of the ideas which three years ago, four years ago, therapists were just sitting with them quite happy, like we can use this tool to break down scar tissue, or this will help mm. improve circulation, all these kind of typically with soft tissue massage. If anyone is on there still saying these things to try and sell their goods, which I probably think there will be because the evidence-based practice is still a bit of a drop in the ocean. I think they're going to find, I think of a few SDA members who I just hope they don't go and, and open their mouths to them because they're not the most tactile people. But I think there's going to be some interesting conversations at the stands this year because therapists have got a bit more confidence to go, you know what, what you're telling me here just doesn't happen. You know? mm. and, and a lot of them haven't got that way of actually conversing without being a bit confrontational, which is a shame. But um, do you think, have you noted, I mean, you've only been there, is there a conscious recognition that, as Gary mentioned, the interpretation of what we do as massage therapists has changed definitely since mm. 2013? Is that something that closer still media are aware of? That, that's really interesting, actually. So I think some of the earliest conversations that I had were around things like that. So people, um, I think people like Mike James and people like that, who I, I think have probably been on here on the podcast before, um, and others, um, Ian and Gina, um, a range, range as well. Yeah. They, you know, a lot of the things that we've been talking about in conversations were about things like evidence-based practice, and and you know, I think you know, probably from you know, from my research, just how um, you know, I guess in, in a way, it was an eye opener for me, just how evidence-based and you know, quite scientific everything was. And I think from the conversations I've had, people are saying that that's really accelerated a lot in the last couple of years um particularly um and i think that and i think i see that across the rest of the nhs so obviously like like i said i work with a lot of other parts of healthcare and i think there seems to be a lot more increasing respect for the work that that therapists do actually you know there seems to be a lot particularly in things like general practice even a much more of a recognition uh, at the at the big contribution um, that people make, and I don't think that respect was there before. I think it's not where it could be, but I think it's definitely going in in the right direction. I think some of it's coming um, from from some of these people themselves as well that I'm talking to. They, you know, they, you know, the stuff they're doing it's really you know high quality work. Um, so yeah, 
think it's reflected. So it'll be interesting because, you know, I'm not disrespecting the therapists of old, but, you know, what I'm saying is that therapists now are, are more intelligent. They're, they're better informed. And, and my fear is that, you know, I've been, since I've agreed to go, I've been inundated, inundated sorry, um, with people contacting me saying, do you need staff to man your stand? Now, you could get a, you know, a, a, a photogenic male or female to, to go and work on your stand and sell some products. But if they're challenged on the efficacy mm. of, of the passive intervention, you know, it's not going to stack up. And I, and I mm. think that hopefully the, the, the people behind the products, behind the services will be there. Um, mm. So that we can have those intelligent conversations and we can challenge uh, where we feel necessary. I'd agree with that. Yeah, be interesting. I'm very excited. Uh, let me just check the comments here. Um, yeah, just so a few people now speaking up. What, while you're checking that then, Matt, one thing I think is going to be really good is, you know, because of COVID, because of Teams, because of mm. Zoom, you know, we've we've engaged with a lot of people, a lot of trainers as well. And it'll be really interesting now to go and meet those people if mm. they're there and, and to have a face-to-face -face conversation with them. Because, you know, as Liam inferred earlier, that sometimes when, you, when you're delivering stuff online, you know, it's, it's, it's rehearsed, you know, it's, um, yeah. you know, it's timetabled, it's scheduled, and you don't get that interaction that you would get if you were let's say you'd gone on a course for the weekend with Dr. Chris Norris, you know, and he might be teaching his three hours back rehabilitation uh, model. Now, if he's delivering it in an online lecture, you're not going to get some of the anecdotal things that he, he would normally interject with. So I think it'd be really good for those people. You know, we had Chris Tiley on spoke, speaking about, um, hmm. you know, lifting weights in, in later in life. It'd be great to meet Chris and and to to see how he's developed since he was on you know six seven eight months ago, to see if he's gained any any momentum. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to. It's it's engaging with people who I've spent a lot of time mm. talking to virtually. I, th I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's it you know sometimes it's um, the ad libs from speakers that they might not normally do. It's the the questions that get asked at the end of the session. Sometimes it's just having that five minutes. If you can run up at the end to have a chat with the speaker just after they've finished, you know, it's the interactions with you know some of your colleagues in between sessions over a coffee or whatever, or hopefully a pint in the evening maybe and things like that. So I think it's all of that factored in is quite um, you know it's quite important. It's just a different way of learning, isn't it? I think I I didn't realise it before, but I could safely say i think i learn better face to face than i do online i found it re i found it a lot harder at first i loved it i thought this is great i'm not having to you know leave my room i can i'm just here but actually i don't think you learn in the for me anyway i think it's different people learn in different ways i think we've just got to make sure that we cater for all different types of people uh but for me personally i think it's it's pretty good to be uh, back learning face to face yeah, what, what we've done historically is with our keynote speakers for our conference is we, mm. we've always asked them to stay around for an hour after, uh, either before or after or both, um, you know, to engage with the members so that because we it's quite a tight schedule, you know, in the theatres that, yeah. you you know, you get your 20 minutes, you get a five minute Q&A, we then, evac you know, take enter the theatre so that the next person can set up. So what we do, being quite close to the therapy update theatre so if you, anybody's got any questions that you know we haven't covered please come along to the stand where mike or james or whoever will be um you know staying around for an hour to answer some of those questions and engage with you and tell you what they've got planned and, and you know coming up in the future it's probably at that point i want to make sure that if people are downloading this podcast and interested in it that they have a little i'm just going to run through this very quickly just to let people know about what we have got in the sta theater it's all in the afternoons us guys we have got four speakers um on the wednesday in the afternoon and four in on thursday in the afternoon so wednesday the 24th it starts um off with myself as a little bit of an introduction um to the other three speakers following me but i'm going to look back at the kind of 77 episodes of sta podcast which we will have had by then and look at some common themes and probably talk along the line of one of the biggest questions we receive at the sta is probably what's the best cpd to do what cpd should i be doing um, and people are very sometimes too quickly ready to think that they need to spend some money to improve themselves and one of the things we'll be talking about is how especially for newer therapists you don't need to spend money money is not 
a measure of how good <coughs> something is and there's a whole load of free stuff out there which you can watch in your own time 77 hours of, of the guests we've put in here for example so that'll be my presentation and then i'll be followed by um the massage collective who it's lovely to see they're very involved with therapy expo i mean that's a sign of a times a movement there um, in previous years it would have been some demonstration of a calf massage now we've got three great therapists Matt Scarsbrook, Becky DeMott and uh, Anna Maria probably talking about what's happening underneath your hands. Let's talk about a little bit about interaction with the client, which is a massive shift in um, how industry is working. So they're going to be with us um, in the STA Theatre at 12.50 on the Wednesday. Um, we've um, got uh, Dr. David Rose is also another main speaker. He's going to be coming and um, talking about his statement on Twitter, which I loved, which said, sports therapists, stop pretending to be physios, which was very controversial. It was wonderful clickbait, which I didn't, I felt quite proud to use. But yeah, talking about the danger of imposter syndrome and trying to be something and thinking physios is a totally different profession. You know, it's totally different. So he'll be talking to us as well. Um, Mike Grice, Director of Movement Therapy Clinics, is going to be talking about safety net, how we can all be part of a multi uh, multidisciplinary team. On the Thursday, we've got... Um, Gary was mentioning Chris Norris of Norris Health. He's going to be talking specifically about hamstrings, mechanics, injury, and rehab. No, I lie. Hold on. That's in the main theatre. No, in us for STA, beg my pardon, we're going to have Claire Minchell at 1.15. who will be talking about strength and conditioning. She's going to do just to ask me anything. Claire's great. You know, she is literally just mm -hmm. saying 40 minutes or half an hour she'll be there. Guys, ask me anything. Not even going to feed you any questions. So that's going to be a really nice opportunity to have one of the main speakers actually sit down in the theatre and and, uh, and really kind of answer close-up questions. Then it'll be Tim Allardyce talking about hamstring rehabilitation. Then we'll have Deborah Thurlow Rowley talking about endometriosis, which is also a fascinating subject and taps into very much the importance of female health and pelvic health. And then on the Thursday, we'll finish off with Chris Tiley, who'll be talking about encouraging our ageing population to get strong. Um, you don't have to, obviously. You'll, I recommend it, but there are loads of other speakers going on throughout the day, and that's the Joy of Therapy Expo. It really is tailored to what you feel you're going to benefit from. There's so much choice, amazing choice. And in the mornings as well, there's some great stuff going on at Massage Collective. I mentioned Chris Norris. Um, I mentioned as well, um, who else is there who stands out for me? Um, loads of speakers. I'm not going to say any more because I don't want to spoil you, but there's, there's plenty to choose from. Is that kind of one of your goals, Liam? Are you aware that there's more than everybody can see? I mean, it'd be impossible. You've just got to pick yeah. and choose. You're always going to miss something, aren't you? Yeah, there's, you know, we, I mean, our aim is to have as much choice as possible, um, you know, because obviously that, you know, that, that's just better full stop. And I think it's, for me this year, looking at the feedback, it was there are certain speakers that people love hearing from every year and would be disappointed if they weren't there. But, we, you know, we had had some feedback, I think, that, that we wanted to hear from um, some different speakers as well that maybe we haven't had in the past. So it's just been trying to get that balance. So people like, you know, Chris Norris is returning and doing a couple of really good uh, sessions for us. Um, the Massage Collective, you mentioned, are doing a couple of sessions as well. But we've got some new people involved as well. People like David Rhodes and Mike Hine, who are at, work, you know, work at football clubs at um, Salford City and Lincoln City as well, doing sessions. Got people from like the London School of Contemporary Dance doing a, a session. Uh, so it's an interesting mix of people. So we're trying to get um, new people involved as well, but still have some of, I guess, some of the old favourites who we know from all the feedback, you know, people flock to every year. And a lot of those people, you know, like um, people like Claire, Emma Holly, um, God, there's too many to mention, really. Dave, um, you know, Dave Gibbons, people like that. They've all been, you know, there's loads of people that have, um, you know, helped a lot in terms of just saying, have you tried talking to this person? Have you thought about this? What about this as an idea? And, you know, so I'm just really indebted to all of those, really. Yeah, what um, what we'll be doing for the STA conference is afterwards for those people who who might might be watching or listening um, to this session, we will be making the audio uh, available and any PowerPoint slides will go into um, into the members portal. But uh, we have Jake's been working on this, and we spoke about this last night, Matt. Jake's been working on getting a sponsor for each of our sessions. So we've got eight. Eight of eight sponsors are um, sponsoring a talk, uh, and there will be a little bit of a social media um, thing appear on the screen, and, and you, you take a photograph of yourself in front of it, and you tag the relevant people, and you'll get a chance to win a prize that's been uh, donated 
um, by one of our very kind sponsors. So we, we hope to generate a lot of social media um, interest uh, as we as we normally do throughout the two days. We'll have somebody doing social media all of the time. Um, so, yeah, it, I'm really looking forward to it. It looks, looks very interesting again. Great. We've got time. Um, I want to make sure people here are getting some questions in. There's a question here from Stephen, if that's all right with you, Liam. All right. Um, okay, yeah. And remember, this is live, people. Liam hasn't heard these questions before, so that's one of the things <laughs> it's like, you know, it's as close as we can get face-to-face. -to -face. So Stephen yeah. Waterson says, is there a plan, let me put it up on the screen, um, is there a plan um, to have this expo north of the border or other home nations? Costs and logistics make it difficult for me to get there. That is a very, very good question. I don't think anything's, you know, completely, um, you know, off the table. It's something, so every year, um, you know, my boss is always thinking about new ideas, whether it be, you know, an event in different locations, in whether it be in the north, the south, and covering it that way. If there's definitely the appetite for something like that, it's something we'd certainly consider. Um, you know, I'm you know, happy to, if, if that is something that enough people want, we, you know, you know, we'd certainly look into it. On a smaller scale, uh, we had planned in 2020 to to, to do some regional um, STA things in Scotland, Wales and, and Ireland. Um, but obviously with with COVID, they had to be shelved. And we will look at again that um, for later on in 2022, whether we organise, uh, you know, something in, in Edinburgh, we can get some mm. facilities and, and, and do something, a mix of virtual uh, speakers and, and some, you know, face-to-face -face guests. So uh, I'll be looking to the regional representatives in, in those areas to to assist me with that. But it won't happen in the first half of 2022 simply because of, of the forward plans we've already got. Mm. I think if it's an excuse to go to Edinburgh, then it's definitely, it should be should be something to consider, isn't it? Because it's probably the best city in the, uh, in the UK, if you ask me, so... There you go. There you go. We'll turn that into a soundbite for you there. <laughs> on your phone. Um, Catherine Reimer and Becky just reiterating, and I'm with you on this. Um, apart from the amazing speakers and everything there, yeah, Catherine Reimer says, I'm looking forward to seeing you all face-to-face -face instead of Zoom. Great to see you all. Smiley face. And Becky, as well, as uh, said, for me, my main driving force we're going this year is to meet more of the STA team. Um, and even Louise has come in there. Such lovely people in the STA here, especially joining us live. Meeting you guys the first time face-to-face -face and also learning more, getting some more knowledge to practice with, some networking. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a great meetup. Um, what was I going to ask? Let me have a little look at my crib sheet. I'm sure there's something else. What about goals for the future? I mean, I know you said you're going to have to sit back and see how today works, or rather the, the therapy expert works. You're going to be very busy looking Ooh. around, and that will give you more ideas of where to take it. But do you know, as an expo, which has now been in the game for like quite a few years now, and kind of leading it as well, is there any kind of end goal or something you want to achieve? I think I, that's, that is a great question. I think, I suppose the boring, the boring answer is that... Um, you know, you know, my goal is you know, Therapy Expo. I can see from looking back over the years what a great reputation it has, and how you know people, have, you know, have really um, you know spoken to me over the last sort of eight nine months say about how important it is to them and how key part of the calendar it is. And I think it's really to you know to continue that tradition as much as possible, and if it, you know, and obviously enhance it. We want to make it better every single year. And I think for me in November, I you know want to you know, go to the event for the first time and, you know, make it as good as possible. But I want to just uh, see it for myself. I want to talk to as many people. So I think, you know, if there's anybody, you know, um, who's tuning in now who wants to come and have a chat with me at the uh, event, that'd be great. Happy to, you know, sit down and have a chat because I just want to absorb as much knowledge, as much feedback as possible, just so we can make this the best possible um, show it can be. And I think from my experience, um, no matter what type of event it is, the key is getting all the you know the key people that are involved in it or the people that are most passionate about it getting their feedback their thoughts um to make it as good as it possibly can be but you know for for me the goal is for therapy expo to go strength to strength and we've obviously we've had that two years away um you know and that's been you know a challenging time for for everyone for the events industry for 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 the for therapists up and down the country for you know for all sorts of businesses and um you know, our goal is to, to rebuild and have a really good year this year, get everyone back together, get everybody face to face, get everybody networking and meeting each other again. 
um, you know, everybody hopefully finding all the content, the speakers as valuable as possible, and that, and setting a really good bar to build on and improve on in future years. And that's you know that's um, that's my goal. Fantastic. I wonder how many people, Gary, have actually been there every single year, like yourself. You have something or something. You have been to every single one. Of I don't them. know. Do we get a long service and good conduct? Medal? I know. <laughs> Might have been, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'd love to have a photo. Uh, hi, Brian. <laughs> uh, Brian's joined us. I don't know whether he's uh, been working, but Brian's late. Interesting point from Sandy Keane there, Matt. Can you put that one up? Yes, certainly. Please. Sandy says, many conferences over the years are always in the south or far north, i.e. Edinburgh. I'm always surprised that a conference in the Midlands, Manchester, Birmingham, Leeds, would attract so many who cannot get to London or Scotland. Well, I think where would, thing... where would where would Sandy like a conference? I mean, to me, I mean, this is obviously Liam's speciality, mm. but for me, mm. what I look at is the logistics. You know, and if, mm. if you're putting on a conference, you've got to have the you know, you've got to have hotel accommodation, you've got to have good road and, and yeah. transport links, you've got to have the the size of the venue. All of those things are taken into consideration. And whilst you can, you know, I'll, I'll just pick out Norwich as an example. You can host a, mm. a conference in Norwich. It would be limited by the infrastructure, yeah. in, my, in my opinion. Is that right, Liam? Yeah, it's, it, I think that, that it, it's the infrastructure, but also where the where the sector's at. So I think I said at the beginning, when I first started working events, I was working in uh, oil and gas. And, you, you know, you won't be surprised to learn that any event in the UK we did for oil and gas was in Aberdeen. And if it was anywhere else, it'd be in Houston, in, in Texas. And um, the challenge for anything healthcare related is obviously, you know, it's like hospitals. You know, they're all over the country. So what, what, what can you do? And I think over the years, we've had a lot of feedback from people, you know, in my previous jobs as well, saying, you know, everything's in London. Why is it in London? But sometimes, you know, you do get people that might be in sort of the East Midlands where, it might work out easier for them to get to London than it than it is to get to Birmingham sometimes, depending on how they're traveling. So, um, you know, for me, I'm originally from from Cumbria and, um, you know, sometimes it, it, you know, getting to Birmingham and Manchester is easy enough. But anywhere else, sometimes it's just as quick to get to London as it is to Liverpool. Um, so I think sometimes that's why things end up being London centric, which I think frustrates some people. But in all likelihood, it probably is best. It has the most facilities, and overall, it has the most transport links. Unfortunately, and um, you know, I say that as a as a as a proud northerner, but unfortunately, it is usually the uh, the the easiest bet. Unfortunately, yeah, I, I'm based in Lincoln, and we've got lots of accessible roads that go north and south. But if I want to go to Manchester, I have to go north before I can go yeah. southwest to get there. If I want to go to Birmingham, I have to go southwest. Yeah. Uh, before I can go west to get there, so there's nothing that goes goes sort of cross country, mm. and so that's one of the limitations for me. Whenever you know people say Lincoln, I, I say Lincoln. Or I've never heard of it. Well, you know there are places 50 miles further to the east than Lincoln that are really inaccessible. But uh, yeah, not, Nottingham's close to me. You know it's easy to get to. Mm. Like you say, Manchester and Birmingham, they're the ones. But yeah, it, it, to, for me to get to Liverpool is a nightmare. I have to go so far north and then go, go yeah. southwest again past Manchester. So it, it takes hours and hours. Yeah, it's a shame as well because Liverpool's a great a great city and it's got great conference facilities. But for some people, it does end up being that little bit trickier. Unfortunately, I mean, yeah, I'd love I love doing events there, but yeah, just sometimes it's just not always um, as practical. But yeah, for this event, obviously we're at the NEC in Birmingham, and that you know it's uh, you know it seems to work pretty well actually from experience. So I think most people seem to find it easy enough uh, to get to and they've got the resort world there now as well there's loads of hotel facilities and stuff to do as well in the evening so it is you know it's a it, you know it's a good city and it's come on leaps and bounds over the last sort of 10 20 years um, overall fantastic thanks for your question sandy i um, appreciate that um right it's getting to 856 now we've got a chance for a couple more questions if you want we're talking to liam richardson who's the content Head of content at Closer Still Media, who look after Therapy Expert plus a lot more. Um, if you have got any other questions, I'll put them in now. Um, Gary, anything else you can think we should talk about for the uh, the conference? Anything else on your mind? Um, no, I'm uh, as I said, I'm looking forward to, to meeting the um, the STA members. We've we've got a, you know quite a few of our regional representatives have, have, have stood tall, and they're going to come and. Uh, and do some ambassador work for us so that'll be nice to 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 meet up with them instead of over zoom um 
I, I'm not sure how many members are going to go. In previous years, we've you know we've sort of kept a tally of of people who've purchased a ticket by doing a poll. But because a lot of people have got tickets that are from twenty, they bought in twenty nineteen for twenty twenty. It feels a little bit disjointed, and I always say that Therapy Expo comes around too quickly for me. And I know it's at the same time every year, but obviously with you coming on board, Matt, and, and organising all of the conference speakers for me, and, and Jake doing all the marketing and, and things, it, it, I've been able to concentrate on on the stuff that I do best, and that's talking to members on a daily basis. So, you know, to to put faces to names. Um, and to have a conversation face to face instead of over a, a phone or Zoom is, is is definitely going to be the highlight for me. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be, I do encourage members, if possible, to come along. I mean, one of the things we wanted to stress tonight, I think Liam's done a grand job, is COVID nineteen has been considered. Obviously, it depends on the individual as to whether you're living with people who are at mm. high risk, whether yourself are high risk. Obviously, it's an individual decision. But if um, if you've got any doubts, and hopefully. You know, we are going to be mask friendly. You're not going to feel out of place putting a mask on. Um, like Gary just said, he's not going to be shaking hands with people. So we are mm. conscious of things like this. Ultimately, it's up to you to look after yourself. But I think um, it sounds like the organisers have put this into action as well. So I'm going to feel pretty safe up there. Um, so there we go. Right. Um, there is going to be a social. Do you know, is it official, official social, Gary, that's been organised? Have you seen that? Well, yeah, I mean, Danny has put something on on the groups, hasn't he? That there's going to be a social outside of the therapy expo. But what normally happens is that, uh, you know, on conclusion of the, the the first day's activities, there's usually a social in the in the centre of the hall, uh, where everybody stays around and has a you know a glass of wine or a bottle of beer or an orange juice or something like that. And, and, uh, and and does a bit of networking and then we're going to i assume we're going to move on to somewhere else previous years we've, we've been to one of the hotels that are le locally um but i think this year it's 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 outside of the venue um uh, but then yeah you know i myself we you know we looked at the hotels and the host hotel costs were prohibitive this year so we've got a an airbnb which is you know several miles away so you know i'll have one drink and then you know, um, I'll, I'll be the designated driver to drive you all back. But, yeah, more than happy to meet up. But, uh, uh, yeah, there, there is a link in, in our group to where the social's happening. Thank you, Alistair. We'll, uh, I think we'll sign out with that. Alistair Cunningham says, very much looking forward to meeting all you lovely creatures. That's, is that creepy? Is that good? No, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> That's good. Right, gang. Um, Liam, thank you so much for joining us. Um, no, thank you very much for having me. It's going to be really interesting to see i love your honesty that you know this is your first year we're gonna to have to look around and take a look mm. really interesting hearing from you maybe after the event as to what you picked up what you saw what the surprises yeah. and what you thought was going to happen it'll be really cool because i really do think just to reiterate i think it's come at such a great time both for the business mm. and everything it's going to be a really interesting dynamic this year i haven't been since 2016 when i spoke Mm. Mainly because I was asked by the organiser of content, can we have something with a bit less pain in it? It's all very pain. We just want injuries. Because it was a little bit ahead then. I was going, you can't yeah. talk about injury without pain. It was like, mate, we just want you to talk about running injuries, not pain. And I was sitting on my horse back then and thinking, no, 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 you don't understand me. And, and I was like, no, I can't talk this year. But now now everyone understands more about pain mm. and the whole psychosocial model. But yeah, it'll be um, it'll be fascinating to maybe catch up afterwards and see what you gathered for it. I'm also really looking forward to it as well. It just crossed my mind when you were talking is I'm really excited that people are going to have to talk to each other face to face again. Um, there is a danger. Social media has become the new norm and some of the etiquette we've used, which we would use face to face when we're discussing things, has kind yeah. of disappeared. Um, imagine if we all kind of used the same emoticons in real life when we're having a discussion where you just kind of burst out laughing and you kind of stick your tongue out and <laughs> wink an eye and kind of make these faces and slap your head every time. Imagine if you have a conversation with someone and you just slapped your head. I think it's going to be useful to people to to, to yeah, have a little a point, yeah. crash course yeah, in how yeah. to debate with people who aren't on the same page as you without using an emoticon. I think that'd be quite interesting as well. It'd be healthy uh, for people to walk away. So, Right. Thank you, Liam, once again. Um, oh, thank you very much. We'll be back uh, next 
Tuesday at eight o'clock um, on either Facebook or YouTube, maybe LinkedIn as well. I'm not sure who we're talking to next week, but then the week after we won't be because we will be getting uh, packing our toothbrushes and um, making ourselves look pretty ready for Therapy Expo on uh, the Wednesday and the Thursday. So um, see you next week, Thursday at eight o'clock if you want to join us. Um, Gary, anything you want to sign out with? Um, no, I'm, I'm more than happy. Thanks, Liam. Are you going to stick in the uh, in the room, Liam? We'll just have a quick chat afterwards. That's yeah, it. of course. Yeah, definitely. We'll say goodbye to everyone out there. And yeah, us three will stick behind and, and have a little off-camera chat. Right. Thanks, people, for attending again. And if you are watching the podcast or listening to it, if you've got any feedback, as always, just write to matt at the sta.co.uk. We bring you who you want to hear, who you think will help you. So make sure you do keep that feedback and that in those requests coming in. Um, if they're out there, we can find them. We can get them on the show. It's what we do. Right. Take care and we'll speak to you soon. Bye bye. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Let's talk about it.